This is Fearless Beauties, a podcast dedicated to developing voices of color in the beauty industry. We are talking to estheticians, skin specialists, and business owners to uncover best skin practices, tactical career tips, and ultimately, how we can create a better beauty industry together. I'm your host, Taylor Phillip. And I'm your other co-host, Alina Velez. Welcome to the latest episode of the Fearless Beauties podcast. We are back for season three, y'all. OMG, I am so happy to be back. We have so much to talk about, so many topics to discuss, so much tea to spill. We're back. I am Taylor, your host, also known as Taylor Budgets. And I'm your co-host, Alina Velez, your certified advanced esthetician and educator. I'm so happy to be back, man. Taylor, we had the most magical time for our our live launch, right? For those who don't know, I live in Orlando, Florida. I flew out to Portland, Oregon, the good old PNW, met with Alina for the first time. I could touch her. I could feel her. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Yes, girl. Yeah. And we did a live launch podcast right in front of the student body of Spectrum Advanced Aesthetics. It was truly dope. It was. I'm excited for everybody to tune in. Um, It will be on YouTube, too. So we did like a live stream so you can see us Mm -hmm. um, if you wanted to tune in that way or, you know, your podcast app. But see the true beauty of Fearless Beauties. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Along with Alina and I, we were also graced with the, the most talented Skin with Ralph Cole and also Beatrice Van. Like it was it was it was amazing. Just to let y'all know, we did not know where this podcast episode was going to go. We all just spoke from the heart. It was very organic and there were some tears shed for sure. So I really hope you all enjoy it. And if you're able to catch it on YouTube, I hope you're able to see just the marriage of all of us and the relationship that we all have on camera. So, yeah, I hope you all enjoy. So I guess we are launching season three, episode one of the Fearless Beauties podcast. My name is Taylor, also known as Taylor Budget. I'm Ralph, uh, Ralph Cole, uh, officially known as Skin with Ralph Cole. Uh, I'm a master esthetician and also a barber as well, too. And I'm your co-host, Alina Velez. Um, I teach here at um, Spectrum Advanced Aesthetics and um, so happy you guys are here. I didn't even give my my little spiel, but um, Taylor Budgets, of course, I guess if Mary were to tell you I'm the budget expert. So I basically focus on low income budgeting, budgeting for small businesses. And yeah, I just created my brand pretty much organically and I just found a need in the community. So I'm excited to tell you a little bit about it today. But um, I guess we can get started today just on like how we all started in the aesthetic industry. Me, I'm not an esthetician, but I'll talk about budgeting and we can go from there. Yeah. I'm really excited to hear uh, Ralph Cole's story. So (laughs) (laughs) will you kick us off? Sure. Uh, (laughs) I will say ladies first, but uh, 
My story actually starts from when I was a kid. Coming home, my mom, she worked uh, double shifts at the hospital, but on the side, she used to come home and uh, do hair for extra income. So for me, I got stationed actually in Tacoma. I'm from North Carolina originally. Country boys, small city. Uh, got stationed in Tacoma. Was in the military one day in the barracks. I just needed some extra money. So started cutting hair there in my barracks room. I never messed no one's head up, <laughs> but I could always do better. But it was one day till I saw that I was getting kind of good, so I wanted to go to barber school. When I got into barber school, my barber instructor actually took me down to L.A. to like this huge like, underground barber convention and everything, right? Um, there I met some amazing barbers. I met uh, Tupac and Biggie Barber. I met barbers that travel all over the world. And it got to a point to where I wanted to make a more exclusive experience for my clients. So wanted to go back to school to become an esthetician. But also, too, once I did get into the industry and the program, I saw that there was a stigma attached to men specifically in the skincare industry to where, you know, if you're a man that's doing skincare, people automatically assume that you're gay. It's nothing wrong with that, but just as soon as people say it and people automatically assume that, that's not cool, Mm -hmm. you know? So with me being a straight, masculine, heterosexual male that's also black with locks and a beard, I don't look like the stereotypical everyday guy. So uh, me becoming an esthetician, you know, I wanted to come off and, um, you know, help guys to learn more about different uh, services that we can get um, and just introduce the world to other opportunities. Love that. Thank you. I guess I'm next. And um, I've never actually shared my story like publicly. So I'm a little nervous, but excited. So for me, it goes back about 12 years ago. And it runs deep because I feel like I, I left behind a life that I thought that I wanted to really elevate to, to my true calling of aesthetics and teaching aesthetics and being a healer, honestly. Um, but for me, my first love was basketball. So I, <laughs> I grew up playing really competitive basketball my whole life, really until I graduated high school. Graduated high school, went to um, get my basic aesthetic license. And um, just that period of, of my life, I felt like I was just infatuated with the wrong things, just wanted to live a fast lifestyle. And so I truly was just kind of lost in the sauce. <laughs> and you lost in the sauce. Um, and I just realized I'm, I'm not about that life. That was kind of my first awakening, I guess you could say. I just remember thinking back, like, I'm worth so much more than this. And so um, I started applying for cosmetic jobs. And I ended up getting hired on as an on-call, like, beauty clerk. And I spent the next, like five years of my life kind of working up the retail ladder, ended up becoming um, a business manager for one of the cosmetic counters. And I grew that business. It was something I was really proud of. And I feel like that's where I kind of, I got closer to my purpose. And I loved that I was, I was bringing people joy through skincare and, and makeup, but I still felt like I'm worth so much more than this. So fast forward, I um, went back to school. I went to Spectrum Advanced Aesthetics and I got my advanced certification. I graduated. I moved away for a couple years from my hometown 
worked for a couple med spas, started my own business. And then things really just kind of came full circle when Mary offered me the the teaching position here because I just felt like all the trials and tribulations in my life, the good and the bad, it all transferred over to who I am and where I am today. So for example, I brought up basketball in the beginning because I felt like those were kind of my first lessons in life with being disciplined and being a good leader. I felt like being lost in the sauce taught me who I'm not and what I stand for. I felt like when I started managing the cosmetic counter, it taught me, you know, how to build a clientele and numbers. And then meeting Mary while attending Spectrum, she really taught me that we do need to use our voices to elevate this industry. And she also taught me that, um, my gifts are valuable to others. So here I am. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Of course, I'm not an esthetician, so I guess I can just tell my journey from how I started in the budgeting industry. But I had my beautiful daughter, 2019. And at that time, before I had her, I quit my job. I moved out of state um, just kind of to start a family with me, her, and her dad. Uh, That didn't work out, obviously. Uh, So I came back home. And I didn't have a job. I was like, I just had a baby. I think she was less than a month old. And I was in the kitchen and I remember telling my mom, like, mom, I need, I need money. Like, and I remember she reached out to me. She said, you know, your dad uh, told me about this lady who needs someone to help her with social media. And I was like, okay, I don't know anything about social media, but sure, I'll, I'll meet her. I remember my dad gave, I think, Mary my email. She emailed me like the same day, offered me the job the same day. And I remember being in my kitchen, like, shopping, like, yeah. <laughs> because I was like, I have a job. I get to work from home, take care of my daughter. And it was truly a blessing without crying. Like, Mary has truly just been just amazing in my life. But, um, I've been working for her for, Mary's already crying. So yeah, Mary didn't know diddly squat about social media. (laughs) For me, I was like, I don't know anything, but just the confidence someone has in you, it's like truly empowering. So I just started doing her social media, um, not knowing what I was doing, but I kept doing it. And it was just a blessing to have that income. Just as a single mom, like I could, just take care of my daughter. Of course, 2020 hit and, you know, the big pandemic. Um, so grateful to still have a job, like period, spreading this message. And um, all throughout that year, um, just as a single mom and like not knowing, there was just something missing in my life. And I was like, what is missing? And I realized it was not knowing how to manage my money because I was like, one day I want to move out. One day I just want to take care of me and my daughter, like, on my own. I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was like, I really just want to start out 2021 in my bag, like, just knowing what I'm doing with my money. And she was like, have you heard of The Budget Mom? And I was like, no. Have you, any of you heard of The Budget Mom? Oh, my gosh. Okay, she will change your life. But um, I heard, uh, she told me about The Budget Mom, and uh, I binge-watched all of her videos on YouTube, and it just... It just changed my life. She taught me about budgeting, low income budgeting, um, how to save, pay off debt, how to still live your life and not 
Because I feel like there's a stigma around budgeting. Like, it's restrictive. Like, once you budget, you can't have any fun. You can't go on vacations. You can't go on a shopping spree. You can't do anything because you're budgeting. But that's just far from the truth. So I started learning how to budget on YouTube. And then I said, you know what? Let me create a YouTube channel to hold me accountable. Not to even inspire and motivate others. But, like, if I, if I post a video saying, I'm going to pay off debt and I don't do it, people are going to be like, girl... What you doing? You said you're going to pay off debt and we don't see any debt being paid off. So I um, started my budgeting channel February of 2021. And I think within a month or two, I was monetized, which means you can start making money off of YouTube, another stream of income. And I was like, yes, get it. I was so happy. <laughs> and, um, and then, yeah, I just kept growing from there. Um, and just I, I think I went from five, six hundred subscribers to like 50,000 in like a few months and truly couldn't even tell you how that happened except for just uh, blessings on blessings and grace and just like staying consistent, staying in my lane, which I'll talk about later, but like not comparing yourself to no one and truly knowing what your passion is and going for it. And also having people in your circle that believe in you and trust in you. Because not coming from an esthetician background, um, I was like, oh, I don't know how... Honestly, I don't even think I ever told Mary this, but I was like, I don't know how Mary's going to feel with me starting something completely different than aesthetics. Um, but she's like, you know, go for it. Do your thing. And I just truly, truly appreciate Mary for allowing me to branch out on my own but still represent Fearless Beauties in the way that I do and bringing like a, a sector to Fearless Beauties that um, I think is needed. So other than that, that's just how I started into the budgeting community. And that's why I'm here today to um, teach y'all how to budget because we need it. Okay. <laughs> I wish I had you 20 years ago because I just started it probably about eight years ago and I always tell my students that, you know, if I knew these tools, had these tools earlier, my life would have been a little bit easier. Not a lot, because I'm a hustler, so okay. it wouldn't Ooh. be very Ooh. much of a difference, right? <laughs> but um, what great stories. You guys are all making me choke up here. But one thing that like kind of circles back, it talks about Mary. And, you know, I'll start my story um, kind of in the halfway point of my career is, you know, I met Mary five years ago and that's how Fearless Beauties um, kind of started um, in my journey as an educator with her. And we started about four years ago. And um, as she mentioned, you know, we felt that there was a gap in education. Mary and I went to school. I hate to say this, but, you know, Mary over 20, me about 20 years ago. And we talked about our education 20 years ago and our and the education that's still currently happening in our industry. And we're like, something has to change. Something has to stop. And how can we change? And how can we open people's eyes to see that there is a gap? Like, you know, like on one of the textbooks, there is a beautiful black girl on it, but there's nothing on treating skin of color in that book. 
And so that was something that um, we started a um, group. It, w- it was not as a beautiful name as Fearless Beauties, but we started out as multicultural <laughs> group where we were um, creating curriculum for the school. So that was the biggest thing, how Fearless originated. Is Mary's like, you know, our school is growing. We want to um, try to create this inclusivity. How can we do it? So let's just think of ideas. We called Alina. There's other um, students, estheticians, educators that kind of came to the table and we just brainstormed ideas of how we can bring more topics into our school. So it really just start off with like, how do we build curriculum for Spectrum? And then it evolved, right, to us traveling the country. And so I've just been so blessed that pre-pandemic that we traveled the country from trade show to trade show to tell our story on how to treat skin of color because it's not talked about. Because not as we know as estheticians, um, some of us hear that not all skin is treated the same, um, that not all dry skin, not um, normal skin, acne skin, like not all skin is the same, it's same and that different um, skin types, you have to look at it a little bit different, that you can't treat all skin. And so that's where we um, found that there was such a need. So when we went to San Francisco, to Atlanta, to... California, New York, like that we just Vegas, like we just created this community and we call it our SC sisters and brothers um, in our in our world. And until this day, even though the pandemic hit, um, we still keep in touch with, you know, it's just so fun to be able to see people continue to grow and see people um, really um, share that inclusivity and like and seeing it more in the magazines and in the tros that after we kind of moved the needle, right, Mary, that like everyone started to follow and they started to bring more awareness and that we saw more people color representing because I feel that you know, as an Asian American woman, um, we are underrepresented. And so now like seeing that there's more um, voices to be able to move the needle. And as we um, have more students who are more diverse, like we we talk about them being the future of aesthetics. And, you know, we talk about how we're not going to be here forever and we want to be able to embody that. So that's kind of like, been really exciting for Fearless Beauties. And so for me, my story goes, as I mentioned, 20 years ago that I went to school (laughs) and I really um, always love aesthetics. And um, I am the oldest of three and my parents owned a business. And, you know, in um, my family, everyone is a pharmacist, a dentist, a doctor. And that was kind of the path that my family also wanted me to go along traditional college and become a pharmacist. You know, I really did want to do medical. I went to a high school in Portland called Benson High School, and I was in the health program. And so I was always embodied that health um, concept of wanting to do something in the health field. So I did go to college and go into biochemistry as well as business and wanted to be a doctor. But then I stumbled upon medical aesthetics um, when I was in my early young adult years. And um, I was a receptionist there and then became an esthetician in medical um, medical spa. And from there, I kind of, like as Alina was saying, moving up the ladder, I thought that moving up was where you wanted to go, but I just didn't find fulfillment um, in those um, six years. And I just felt like I was still missing something. I was making really good money and so then I kind of shift gears. I was in the in the Pearl in downtown um, Portland, and this big b- banner was saying Aveda Institute enrolling now. And so I was like, maybe that's my calling. Maybe I want to go into education to make change. I really like training. I really like helping people find their purpose. And that was one thing that 
through my years that I've met students who are like, you help me find your purpose. And, and so that's where education came. And I found the love of education and I'm going on 15 years in education. And um, along that path, um, I met Mary as um, Oregon grandfathered um, medical aesthetics. And um, that was kind of full circle. And I went from bringing a holistic aesthetics into advanced aesthetics and kind of intertwining both together. Um, and in my five years with Mary, I've grown so much, like being able to help her with Fearless Beauty the start of it, creating my Beauty by B, my, my side hustle, as I mentioned, like hustling it. And also along the path um, during the pandemic, created a skincare line and um, being here full time at Spectrum. And, you know, I think everybody on this panel, we talked about Mary, who is, you know, our she calls her the SD godmother and she truly is a godmother. You know, I think like her believing in every single one of us and letting us find our strengths and our dreams and help being that person. She, I, to push us to our fullest capacity and never telling us it was wrong. You know, even if it wasn't a part of her business, she still wanted us to grow. And I think that's how I like every day I come to work. I feel so blessed, feel so grateful, humbled to be a part of her team. Yeah. Well, like B said, you know, I, I didn't know that I needed this podcast, but Mary saw something in me and I do feel a responsibility now that I have the baton and I have the microphone to explore untouched grounds, you know, but um, it's just this is my first time meeting Taylor in person, by the way. We've she lives in Florida. We've been doing podcasts. There's a time difference. I mean, so it's just I'm able to connect with people, you know, all over the world. You guys are one in a million and um, and we get to, you know, push the needle forward and do what we do best and collaborate. And and I love it. I think one thing I love about Fearless Beauties um, is how unapologetically we are. When I first started the podcast, I was like, OK, let me be this sweet, like chill it out, like calm down, like don't say too much or do too much. But then like Mary would do the podcast and she'd be like, I have white privilege and this is not right and we need to start doing better. And I'm like, okay, so this is where we at. Like, this is where we at. So she has taught me that um, there's growth in the uncomfortability um, and you kind of have to get out of that and speak your truth and say things that people aren't saying it's in true. this industry. Like, well, and we had, sorry to interrupt, but we had... Mary brought in Tosh Baker and she presented and said so many amazing things. And one thing that stuck with me that she said um, was that you have to choose, like you have to choose and stand in your truth. And it's not everybody's going to like it, but it's yours and it's your truth. And, and you do have to choose. And I've myself too, I came into it kind of soft and I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but it's like, dang it. Step on toes. So yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll say that uh, from the episode that I did, uh, there was a couple of guys that actually reached out to me that was interested in, they, they told me that they actually been wanting to become an esthetician and everything. And like, since they saw like another male is in the industry and everything, like thanks to, you know, Fearless Beauty podcast and everything, like they joined schools and graduated since. So 
Yeah. And I think that's a, the beauty of the beauty of fearless beauties, right? Is it's always connecting, always sharing, inspiring, you know, that's our goal is to inspire people to, and show them that, that the possibility in this industry is there. Cause very similar to like as an Asian American woman, like, um, and you know, a lot of the culture is like, like I mentioned earlier, a doctor, a lawyer, a, you know, surgeon. Um, and so I've had a couple, um, Asian American women reach out to me as well. And it's like, you know, why, I'm so hesitant. Like, is there money? Is there, you know, my family um, don't, doesn't want me to go to school. And I, I think it's not just Asian, but I think it's our culture in general is that as a beautician or cosmetologist, like there is no money in this industry, but there's so much money. Like Mary says, like there's bad skin for everybody. Right. And so I think that's where this community, where we're here to show people that you don't have to move up a ladder. And that's something that I learned like really late in my career is that you can just keep on moving forward and have that abundance in your life. And have, having a vision of where you want to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know how much detail of our stories that we was going to go into, but y'all, <laughs> y'all, y'all did it. Um, just a quick story. When I was in barber school, I actually set a, I actually did a vision board for where it was that I wanted to do and achieve in the industry. And on my vision board, I put uh, five goals. And those five goals was uh, opportunities that people within the industry usually don't get until they're like 15, 20 years in. But for me, being a brand new student and everything, I said, you know what? Before I even graduate, I'm going to go ahead and work on my brand. I'm going to go ahead and work on, you know, my experience. I'm going to go ahead and work on what is going to set me apart from every other barber. And also, too, I'm put up there that I want to be featured in magazines. I'm put up there that I want to cut celebrities. I want to travel the world through uh, barbering. I want to have my own products. I want to do this and everything. And when I showed my vision board to people in the industry, they actually laughed at me and said, because I said, I want to achieve all of this within my first two and a half, three years. And they said, Rob, that's, that's not going to happen. They said, they told me no. Like laughed at my face and everything. And um, pretty much every single day, just like, you know, Mary told me, just looking at it every single day, and this is something that I would recommend and encourage each of y'all to do, make a vision board for yourself. And every single day that you wake up, just point at one and say, I'm going to take a step toward that today and everything. Within my first two and a half years, I checked off every last thing on my vision board. Period. And everything. Period. And I I say that to say... um, Make one. Don't just make it a yearly thing. Like, actually make one, put it to where you're going to see it every single day, and don't make another one till you hit every single thing on that one, no matter how big the scale is. If you say that you want to be featured in the magazine, it doesn't have to be Vogue. You know you better than anyone else knows you. So you know your flaws and everything. You know what it takes to motivate you. You know what it, You know the words that you need to hear in order to take you to that next level. And everything, y'all done got me hyped up now. (laughs) (laughs) But um, but I would say that you know you you have to believe in yourself, and also too, if you're at a point in life to where you feel that you don't have that encouragement or you don't have that motivation or that drive to go get to that next level, or you may feel like you're off path and you don't really know where you want to go, it's okay. It is okay. Come to events like this. Uh, reach out and talk to people. Ask for help. Mm-hmm. Ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. That's the that's the uh, no pun intended. That's the most beautiful thing. 
You got to be fearless. Be a fearless beauty. <laughs> yep. you, see, you see what I did? But, uh, but yeah, but um, don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, um, once you get to that point to where you're okay with asking for help, you're going to see doors continue to open up. You're going to see things happening. You're going you're gonna to start seeing yourself around people with the same vision as yourself mm-hmm. and everything. So that's, that's my two cents. That's it. Yeah, I, I, just to piggyback, because I was just thinking that, like, the sense of community that Fearless Beauties has built, um, and also just manifesting, praying for right connections in your life. Like, just going on this tour in Spectrum, like, I can tell that you all are a family, and even after your time here, y'all will have this family. Mary, um, just gravitate towards people who want to see you win. Not just you, but you want to see them win as well. And um, Ralph and I were talking about that last night. And we were saying that um, don't, if you have a goal for your future, like something as big, like my goal, I really want to see myself in Target. Like one of those black owned brands in Target that's producing stationery and budgeting items. And that's just, and I want to also open like my own storefront for stationery and budgeting. And I think it would be dope to see a black woman behind that counter. I don't see that often, but it's also you have to put yourself around people who see that vision for you as well. There's people in your life, family and friends who will say, oh, uh, how are you going to do that? Or um, just putting all this doubt into your life. We don't need that energy. Um, So sometimes you just have to leave those people behind, honey. And they family and they friends. And um, period. (laughs) It's the truth. It's the truth. if they don't see your vision, like you can just unapolog- unapologetically and respectfully say, you don't see it, but I see it. And don't put what you don't see into my area. You stay over there and watch watch me win. Um, and they'll watch you come up and then watch them be like, okay, hey man, I didn't, hey, I didn't know you were gonna do all this. Uh, is there anything I could do to help? So- um, That's all the time. You, you get, you get, you're getting personal. No, it's, it's, it is it's, personal. It, 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 it is. is personal. It is. And you just have to do you. Put yourself around people who love, respect, support you. It can be a lonely journey or it cannot if you choose to come to events like this and get connected with the right people. Right. But there are going to be lonely times. And in those times, be strong in your vision board be strong with the thoughts that you tell yourself and, um, be true to you. That's kind of my thing. Can I, can I say something about your sauce? Yes. Yeah. All right. So uh, y'all y'all know Kobe, Kobe Bryant. So uh, me, I'm a I'm a perspective guy. Like perspective and mindset controls everything, mm-hmm. no matter what it is, mm-hmm. right? I heard, and I'm I'm, I'm gonna get to your sauce at, at the end of it. Okay. I just gotta, <laughs> right. build it up. Yeah, I got to build it up. <laughs> all right, all right. Um. So Kobe Bryant. Um, been watching this guy for years. I'm not a basketball person. No, no, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a wrestler, so you know. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, I heard him say, like, how, how often people say, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? right? right. We, we we've all heard that, right? Mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant, with his mindset, said, not only put your bag, I mean, put your eggs in the basket, and once the basket is full, go get some more eggs and go get another basket. That's the first time I ever heard of that, right? But just to be able to understand, like, 
like, try not to make excuses for anything. You know what I'm saying? And we're all going to get to that point to where we feel like I can't do this because, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, just get to the point to know that you you can do it, whatever it is that it is. And I would love to be a part of it. You know what I'm saying? I would love to see each and every last one of y'all. I would love to see uh, your locations. I want to see what the treatment rooms look like and everything. Uh, I would love for y'all to use my massage oil and everything. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, but one thing I do want to mention before I forget, because I think we're all striving to be entrepreneurs I'm actually a, a psychology grad student. I don't mention that a lot because, honestly, I'm tired. And I'm tired of school. Like, I've been in this game for, like, five years trying to earn my master's. Um, but I like to present, like, a psychological view to the podcast. But um, I say that to say this. Like, when you're in into entrepreneurship, it is so easy to compare yourself. So freaking easy to compare yourself. And I think that you will drown in that. Um, and I think that's where the sense of community comes in to where you're down and you have someone that says, Girl, you a badass. What you doing? Like, remember, like, who you are. So especially with social media, but just simply like hashtags are not the answer. Analytics and metrics are not the answer. Coming from me, there's so many people in the budgeting community who have like hundreds of thousands of um, followers and all this stuff, but not to toot my own horn, even though I'm going to, um, there's no one in the community that has done like brand sponsorships internationally, done a budgeting masterclass, who's been flown out to speak on something. And it goes to show you that the numbers don't mean anything. Promise you. It's all about your passion for it. They'll see it. Um, so and taking breaks, resting. Resting is important. And entrepreneurship is not a, a grind, 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 hustle, 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 sleep when you're dead type of, of thing. It's um, you have to listen to your body. You have to listen to your mind. And you have to mute certain people on social media. You have to unfollow certain people on social media that are making you feel this type of way. So just letting you know that comparison happens it's a real thing but just remembering who you are um knowing your worth and seeking that help from other people whether it's family friends peers yeah and i think you know like taylor really nailed it i think you just have to be your organic self you know and people will come regardless of your numbers and i think that that's something that i learned along the way too it's like i i just like was posting really random reels this last couple of months and people liked it and because i was being a part of person that people didn't see before. So I think that's the biggest thing is showing who you truly are and what you truly believe in. And you will attract the clients that you actually want to attract and the community that you want to attract. There is not another you. Nobody is the same in here. And that's so cool to me. And um, I also just wanted to piggyback off of what Taylor was saying, but like finding your pace, like that's been my life. Yeah. That's been my life struggle is just finding balance, finding harmony and finding my pace between life and work. Just want to throw this in here real quick. I wanted to wait till our presentation and everything. But um as a as a veteran, my first two months out, 
And here's another reason why I went into the industry that I went into for barbering prior to the aesthetics. My first two months out of the military, August 20, when I get out, August 2016, um, I was actually homeless. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a it's a sad thing, not to get too political, but it's a sad thing that here in America, about 60% of the homeless population is veterans. And for me, luckily, bar- barbering was the only thing I had to fall back on. Um, was at the shop every day, first one there, last one to leave. Um, client sitting in my chair, didn't know that I was homeless. Even the barbers I was working with, no one knew. But with my clients coming to me, sitting in my chair, and talking to me about their problems, compared to me not having nowhere to go after this, you never know what someone else is going through. So make sure that when it comes to your clients, when it comes to your uh, classmates, when it comes to other people in the industry, make sure that you always take that time to encourage someone. Because you never know what they're going to go through. And, um, you know, just on this episode, I'm talking about it because this is something that's, you know, real life and people go through things. Um, make sure that you take care of your mental health. But um, but what what questions do y'all got for us? I would like to ask, what would you say was your wisest investment? Investment could be monetary or it could be time or it could be energy. I made very many unwise monetary decisions. Um, I would say, um, wow, that's, that's a good question, Adriana. I got mine. You got yours? Okay. Come in the spectrum. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. That's a good one. I like that. I think for like personally, um, therapy was a, a good investment for me um, because I'm big on doing things that make me uncomfortable. Uh, and therapy was one of those because I don't like talking to people that I don't know. Um, but I think it's truly important and um it doesn't have to be a licensed therapist. It could be a friend, family member, um, one of us. And I think it's the someone who's not going to judge, someone who really doesn't know who you are, but just wants to listen to you. I think that was a good investment I made. Um, but monetarily, I would say like my individual retirement account because I'm trying to retire like now. So um, I think it's important to open up an individual retirement account. Even if you have a 401k, get another retirement account. Um, and yeah, I think that's probably a, a good investment to me. Because yeah, that's, that's my answer. Um, I would say I'm very similar. I would say a couple of things was, um, you know, I told you guys, I wish I had Taylor earlier on my years to learn a budget. Um, but I would say like my, my financial, like having a financial advisor. Um, so like helping me, um, work towards, um, my retirement early. So as you guys have heard, a lot of you has heard my journey, but like if my husband, and I really wanted to retire, we could probably retire within the next five years, um, if we wanted to. And so that's just like something about financial freedom and what that means. But I do love my job so much that can't, I told Mary, if I ever left, she would have to, like, yank me out. 
Um, and then I would say the second is also uh, my marketing manager. Like um, I know nothing about marketing. I know nothing about SEOs and Google analytics and any of that. So um, I recently hired a marketing manager and a social media manager. So to help me grow my um, skincare line. I was, I would say my, my investment, I would say transferring my business from uh, Seattle to North Carolina I would say getting my getting my building, getting my brick and mortar in uh, in Durham. Uh, got there January last year. Had no clue about like imagine you just up and and throwing the dart at the map, and that's the city that you move to. That's what happened to me. Like when I got to North Carolina, um, I was I was sleeping on my cousin's couch, you know, until I figured something out. I didn't know anyone. I didn't know what the market looked like. I didn't know, I didn't know anything, right? Um, got there in January and I got my building in March. I, I went in there, it was nothing but green carpet. So imagine like you walking through here and seeing none of this stuff and it's nothing but green carpet. That's what I was working with. But right. But then I walked out and I had a quick like split second flash and I seen a line lined up all the way to the parking lot and it went away. I'm like, whoa. Okay, maybe maybe this is meant for me to get this. Since I've been having it within this past year, I've learned so much about business that I didn't know. No one has ever even said anything to me about it. But if I would have never made that initial investment to take a chance on myself, so much stuff. Like I got I got papers that that stacked up with like stuff that I learned and that I still need to apply. But if I would have never took that chance on myself, so much of this knowledge and experience, I would never be able to get. So I would say, I would say that's mine for me. And like she said, it's going to be a lot of investments that you're going to do. That's people like, whoa, why did I do that? <laughs> right. But that's that's, that's that. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You learn, you learn from it. You know. So yeah. You know what? That's got a question. Okay, since you're all big dreamers and go for your goals, I'd like to know where you'd like to see yourself in five or maybe ten years. I guess I could go. Um, well, I'm a, I have a daughter, so all of my dreams kind of uh, center around her. But um, hopefully by the end of the year, I could purchase my first home. So, so scary. Um, but I also, like I mentioned earlier, I just want, I want to see myself in Target. And I want a brick and mortar and I want to have a stationary and budgeting business. And um, and I want to travel the world and teach people how to budget and stuff. And it's crazy because I think Ralph was saying that it just fell into my lap. Entrepreneurship fell into my life. I was like, I want to be a corporate baddie. I want to work my nine to five and I want to have my benefits and my vacations. And I like the stability of corporate life. Um, you said a corporate what? Corporate baddie, you know, uh, corporate baddie, uh, you know, get dressed up, uh, uh, jump in my whip, go to my job, come home. That's what it was because it was comfortable baddie. for me. And I didn't like the whole branching out on your own and being your own boss was just like so nerve wracking. Um, but entrepreneurship fell into my lap. And I think that's how I knew it was supposed to happen because it was so uncomfortable. I was like, there's many, been many times where I'm like, no, I can't do this. But um, it's just something that 
needs to happen. Like when you you know it's meant for you when you just like trying to push it away, push it away anytime you can. So um, where was I getting at? Uh, yeah, corporate Maddie. Uh, well, I did want to open up my own um, private practice and counsel. So last year, I actually had, I think, like 10, 15 clients that I counseled, and I did that for like five months. Um, but I learned that I did not like it. Um, and I'm glad I did it because that was my that was my dream, open up my own private practice and be um, a psychologist. And I wanted to hopefully get my my doctorate and help people with multiple personalities and bipolar disorder and things like that. But once I did counseling, I realized that I'm the type of person that I take everything home with me. Can't do that as a therapist. And that's actually why I went into therapy because of counseling. I was like, okay, I think there's some things I need to work on, but I just knew that I couldn't do it. It's just crazy how you have a plan for your life and it just goes complete opposite. Like you can... I have like $105,000 in student loans because of this dream I had and then watch what happens and I go straight into something else. But it's cool. Um, but um, yeah, great question. I, I, I don't have any uh, plans for that degree right now. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. And I hope I answered your question. I, well, I, I see that most people like with a five-year goal, they underestimate what they can do. So it's mm-hmm. interesting to see leaders in the industry to answer this question? Um, I, know, I know for me, uh, I would love to get a key to my city. Mm. Uh, and the reason why is uh, I come from a, uh, excuse me, <laughs> I come from a small, like, like country town that doesn't have, it's, it's growing now, but me growing up, we didn't, we wasn't exposed to a lot of opportunities. Like for us, it was like military, college, or shipyard. Or go work in the go work in the field. Like even me growing up, I used to work like at the cabbage field, like picking hundred pound bags of cabbage over my shoulder, putting it in the you know what I'm saying, going home bloody knuckles and forearms about to bust open and everything. And it's people that's been doing that for fifty years because they don't have anything else. So for me, I would love to be in a position to where I can like take things, especially with all the experiences that I've had within my career, to go home and introduce it to, you know, like the kids and introduce it to, you know, uh, the people in my community to say, hey, you know, you can do all of this stuff too. Whatever it is that you want to do, not only tell them that they can do it, but also be able to have something there to walk them through, to be like, hey, here's what you can do, and I'm going to help you with that. Well, for me, I definitely want to be a homeowner in the next five years. That's for sure. So I can relate, Taylor. Um, I definitely want to sharpen my my teaching skills. I would love to be a published, have a published article. Like, B's always writing, super dope. Dermoscope features, like, um, that's goals for me. And just continue learning and um, sharpening myself just as a whole and um. Yeah. Just the, I I totally forget. I didn't say anything about dermoscope. So, twenty twenty. <laughs> not my bad. Um, I actually won a favorite master esthetician award for dermoscope magazine. 
And uh, I was nominated for favorite institution for the Black Spa Awards too. Yes. So same year. So um, I don't know why I didn't think about that. <laughs> he just wanted to toot his own horn real yeah. quick. Y'all, y'all, the, y'all, the, y'all, the celebrities. Oh, gosh. You're the celebrity. With all your <laughs> stories and massage and Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Well, for me, I would say um, in the next five years, I definitely, um, as crazy as it sounds, I do want to scale down on my business. Um, I am in the works of scaling Beauty by Bee down and slow down on services. And I know I've been saying this to Taylor for a while now and it never happens. But just slowing, I, I think, you know, as some of you guys know, like, you know, I've lost my mom last year um, and I lost my auntie and I had a cousin who has had who has stage four cancer and then me coming from in remission of cancer of just knowing that I need to slow down. And I'm at that point where I've like really listening to myself and my body that I just, I need to take care of myself for me to be able to take care of everybody else. And, you know, and you have to fill your cup first to be able to continue to fill. And that's my passion. So five years, I definitely still want to be at Spectrum. 10 years, I hope to still be with Spectrum. 20 years. Um, But, you know, really focusing on my glow line. That's why the marketing manager and the social media manager kind of came in this year to help me look at e-commerce and like really build um, my skincare line um, more virtually and more organic cells without my supporters here in Oregon and Washington. Um, but you know, really I'm working on that, that aspect of my life of just um, being with my family, my friends, my work family and um, taking care of myself. So I feel like you guys really had on like fearless beauty has really kind of moved the needle as far as inclusivity, where would each of you like to see the conversation focus over the next few years as far as definitely good question where you want to see that needle move even further? I think everybody kind of has a different view on where they want it to go. I would like to see more collaboration over competition. It's enough people in the world, i.e. clients, and it's enough money in the world for everybody to be able to share. You know what I'm saying? Like the beauty industry period is a, what, billion dollar industry? Multi-billion dollar industry. So even if all of us in here was to just get like 0.1% of that, we good. That's over six figures. So it's like, what's the point of us looking at each other as competition? That's, that's why I would like to see it. I think it'd be cool to like have a couple of people. Like I know in season one, you guys like, um, kind of like interviewed people. Um, I wasn't on season one, but, um, I think it would be really cool to like have people from the industry in different places, in different roles, you know, behind the scenes, in front of the camera, creating skincare. I think it would be dope to hear from from people themselves. I would like to see um, like national conferences, like okay. Fearless Beauties takes Australia, or Fearless Beauties okay. takes, and yeah, like let's let's build our brand and um, yeah, like I would just like to. See just spread our brand awareness and um, that's pretty much it. I just want to take us international. And also, like I mentioned, like I'm not an esthetician, but I think it's important for everyone to learn how to manage their money um, if they want to become small business owners. I don't like to say small business. I like to say big business, but like big business owners and um, just bringing some therapy in there. Like I think there's, so, so many things that we can bring to Fearless Beauties 
um, just like branching out to different things like mental health, like Ralph said, um, like we need like a whole board of directors. We need like someone in Europe and someone in India and some, you That's know, what I'm like saying, yeah. a different perspective. Yeah. Everywhere. Like, exactly. uh, exactly. Caribbeans, like, yeah, yeah just yeah. like everywhere. Like I want the world to know who we are because it's more than just uh, skincare based. Mm-hmm. It's we talk about being a fearless beauty like inside. Right. So I think we need to expand more on that. Yeah, I think to piggyback on that, being in education as long as I have, I think that we, I think Mary's done a really good job on like getting into some schools, but that's like a handful of how many schools are there in this world and that only a small little pie of it has gone to school. So I hope to continue to see it. I was talking to Mary about this in the car, but um, not to like put myself in spectrum, but I would love to have like a curriculum based off of finance and budgeting and once you leave here, you have all the knowledge, like what Mary was giving us a tour, like you have all the knowledge you need once you leave Spectrum. But do you know how to manage your money? Do you know what investments accounts, like what to invest in? Do you know credit card accounts and like checking savings? And do you do you know like how to manage your business if you want to do a brick and mortar Um all that so don't you think that's just massively missing everywhere? it's everywhere you know, missing high school kids are graduating not yes how to manage money right yeah and Ma- yeah mary was saying that like some people don't even know how to write a check and i understand like checks are not a a thing, but uh, you need to know how to write a check. So just certain things like that. Like I know back in, like my mom was telling me back in her days in school, they had home economics where they taught you how to sew and write a check and cook. And like, we don't know how to do that. So um, people need to have financial literacy. And like, even if you're going into marriages and building a family, like you need to learn how to manage your finances. Like 64% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Why? That's not the lifestyle we want to live. Um, so just offering more education, especially in uh, communities of color. I think it's important. Yeah. Um, well, I guess um, this podcast, I think, was very enlightening, empowering to not only me, but I'm hopefully to all of you. This podcast for people that love skin. And if you are a fearless beauty, you are a fearless beauty. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's, a, that's a shirt. That's Tune a shirt. In. That's a shirt. That's a shirt. Yeah.